Hey, church family, PD here. I, I'm really excited about today's message. In fact, we're starting a brand new series. So uh, get ready, uh, get your spirits kind of tuned in. First of all, uh, I want to wish you a happy new year. I wasn't in the first message of the year, uh, vacationing with my family. Had the best vacation as a family. My kids said ever, my wife said ever too. So I guess I have to go along with it. Maybe it was the best ever. It was really good. So anyway, got back, things been crazy nuts. But I'm excited to start a new series, Stop Praying It's Safe. You heard what I said. We'll come back to that in just a second. But uh, here's another thing that I want to do. I was just thinking about all you online people and your commitment uh, to connect. Many of you have been faithful to watch week in and week out. Would you do me a favor? Would you just kind of write in the chat, I'm here. You know, I see you, PD. Uh, I'm connected. I'm still watching. Seriously, would you do me that favor and just put something in the chat? I'm going to go back because I want to see who's out there. Sometimes it's hard to know. And uh, I know, you know, I hear bits and pieces and, you know, a little bit sometimes from different ones. But I, I'd love to know who's out there. And I might reach out to you personally uh, because you did that. Would you do that for me? I'd greatly appreciate it. Hey, listen, I don't know if you know this special announcement, but uh, we're going into a season of prayer. In fact, it's really... <laughs> It's kind of going to be a big part of 2022. The Lord has spoken to me about my own prayer life in 2021. I consecrated myself to prayer in the year and really was believing God to take me out of kind of a lifelong prayer slump. Come on, somebody. That's pretty, uh, that's a pretty big indictment when you're kind of, you're saying as the pastor, you've had a lifelong prayer slump. What I mean by that is it's never been a strength for me. I love to teach the word. I love to read the word. Uh, I, I believe that is a part of prayer because you're, you're listening to God's word, uh, his, his living word. Um, but there's rhema word, right? And there's this intimacy part. And so I've been very like, I've been like almost like I used to when I played basketball. I was a and I was a streak shooter and I've been kind of a streak prayer person. But God has begun to do a work in me and I want to begin to bring some of that conviction to our local church. Can I have an amen in the chat? So uh, we're going into a fast next week and uh, there'll be some information right below here about the fast so you can find out more about that. Just hit that link and go there and you'll find out all you need to know about the fast but it starts today everybody starts today uh, we had a prayer seminar yesterday powerful this coming saturday will be our first corporate prayer meeting hopefully that can be there below the time and the place for that i want to encourage you to join us as we pray hopefully you get a text message reminding you about that uh, sometime this week if you don't get our text messages hey please sign up for that so you know what's going on it's not only important for special announcements like this but inclement weather and other big uh, connect vision subjects so uh, I want to encourage you to begin to prepare yourself for a season of prayer and fasting. Let me say this quickly. To be successful in a fast, let me give you some advice, some pointers, because I need all the help I can get because uh, I have the gift, the spiritual gift of eating, right? A seafood diet. I see it and I, and I want it. And so what I wrote in my notes for you, and I was telling my staff this the other day, is number one, you need to plan. If you're going to fast, if you don't plan, you will fail. So make sure that you're kind of thinking about the fast, you're preparing for the fast. Another thing too that I always encourage people to do is prioritize. 
What is going to be the purpose of your fast? So for me, my, my text for the fast next week is Matthew 5, 6, and 8. Basically, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they'll be filled. I don't want to fill my stomach. I want to fill my spirit. And so I really want to focus on increasing my intimacy with God. So that's my priority as an example. The other thing I tell people do, to do is not pre-decide your fast. Listen, I got an update for you. I got an upgrade for you. You need to pray and decide. Pray and decide what type of fast are you going to do. Is it going to be a Daniel fast? If you don't know what that is, again, that link's going to help you with that. Uh, it could be a water-only fast. It could be you're going to fast social media and other things. So I'm kind of a combination of things during this season. What type of fast? Plan for that. Pray and decide. Do what God tells you to do. Don't do what you tell you to do. Because your flesh is going to be talking right now and just say, you know, I'm just going to cut out cookies. You know, I'm not going to watch... Uh, you know, R-rated movies and, and Netflix. Listen, pray and then decide what type of fast you're going to do. Also, you don't have a lot of time for this now, but typically I would say pre-fast. So if it's hard for you, just kind of like increase the intensity as uh, you go into the fast. Get your body, your mind, your habits right. Another thing is partner up. Partner up. Uh, get somebody to go along with you. You'll be a lot more successful if you don't do it alone. And lastly, prepare your calendar, okay? Well, one of the things I have to do is because my schedule, it's hard to just clear it when you're really trying to fast and pray more. And so I just, I get up earlier and I go to bed earlier. I promise you, if you implement some of this advice that I give you, you will have the most successful prayer and fasting season of your life. And if you want your year to be the best yet, make it your best year spiritually. And so rather than doing a 21-day fast, which we've done for, oh gosh, a decade, we decided to do a seven-day fast so you could go all in and have a better chance of being successful because it's not so long. And then we'll do another one in February and another one in March. And then in the fall, we'll do a very similar pattern. So we're going to see the course of the year that this becomes more a lifestyle. Instead of an elite discipline that only certain people can do and do successfully, it becomes a cultural norm for Connect Church. I'm so excited even talking about it. I can't wait for this supernatural reset for our church. So listen, new series, Prayer Today. Uh, again, uh, we're talking about stop praying it's safe. Where does that come from? Where does that phrase come from? You know the phrase, uh, don't play it safe. Well, I, I, I thought this would be a good idea. My son kind of uh, gave me this idea. Let's, let's, not, let's not pray safe, right? Let's not just kind of, uh, you know, when you play it safe, what's the re result of that? The end result of playing it safe is you do nothing. And that's what happens a lot of times with our prayer life. We become inactive or we're just reactive in our prayer life, we're because we're praying, it's safe. But look what the Bible says. The Bible gives us some encouragement from His Word. In Philippians 4, this will be our theme text for the next four weeks. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. <laughs> Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. So here's our big idea for the series. God can do anything and you can go to Him with everything. That is so good. God can do anything, and you can go to Him with everything. What a great theme uh, for prayer. Now, I want to transition, though, and this part, of, this, is, this part that I'm going into in part one is tethered to a little bit of last week's message. Pastor Chris Mendez, come on, give it up for PC in the house. He 
brought a word, a word to build your faith. And I really want you to continue to believe for more for God in 2022. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ is in a grace and favor season. I don't know what you know about eschatological events, but how things are rolling right now. But we're what's called, theologians call it the church age. And I think we're in the last of the last of that, this, this grace and favor period, which suggests, and I submit, means that God has some great things He's going to do before He returns and before we go into a tribulation period. And so I believe this big idea applies, that God can do anything, and you can go to Him with everything, and He wants to do uh, some incredible things, and anything is possible with God. But I want to deal with kind of the darker side of prayer. And what do I mean by that is because sometimes, and there's a tough question that I think we've all it's, it's jostled around in our brain. We've wrestled with it sometimes uh, with, with, within our thoughts and sometimes out loud with other people. And I want to address uh, kind of the, the, the tough question is, why do sometimes when I pray, God doesn't answer my prayers? Why didn't he answer this or that when I prayed? And so today's message is the purpose of prayer, but I'm really addressing this question this tough question, why doesn't God answer our prayers? Now, let me paint a picture that I think you can identify with. First off, I want to say the good news is that prayer is incredibly powerful. Um, but the bad news is prayer is incredibly perplexing. Prayer is powerful and perplexing. Prayer is, there's a charisma to it, there's a creative to it, uh, but there is a confusing, and there is, and it, and it, can, and it really can uh, cons just, just confuse us tremendously sometimes because we don't understand certain things. For example, when we look at Scripture, we'll see oftentimes these, these incredible answered prayers. Joshua in the Old Testament, in Joshua chapter 10, he, one time he prayed that the sun would stand still. The sun, not the sun, like your sun, not the son of God, the, the physical sun, the star would stand still and keep on shining. And it did, right? Yet I can remember one time praying for somebody in this church, uh, somebody's church, somebody in this church's son who was struggling with addiction. And we came together and we came in agreement, as the Bible said, and we prayed for this addiction that was ravaging his life. And he actually wanted to be free. He declared that he wanted to be free. And that addiction took his life and he died. On one hand, the son stood still. On one hand, I was at the funeral for somebody else's son. In 1 Kings 18, Elijah called what? He called fire down from heaven. And fire burned up 800 false prophets. I mean, talk about a sign and a wonder. And all, and God was basically saying, there's no other gods. I'm the one true God. And I remember in this room right here, after a season of fasting and prayer, I felt like I was hitting pay dirt, as my daddy used to say. I was touching heaven during that particular season. I, I can't remember being more on fire for God. And I was praying for that same fire to hit our church in a particular service. And, and I had this expectation at the end of this uh, you know, prayer and fasting period that God was going to pour out his, his spirit and, and, and fire was going to fall on our church and was going to break out in revival. And I remember going home so discouraged that night because it, it, if anything, it was a complete flop. Uh, nothing, nothing, it, it, it was so far from my expectations. And I was so defeated. And I was so discouraged that night. 
Yet in Daniel chapter 6, the Bible says that Daniel prayed that the mouths of lions would be closed. And God put all, all those lions on a diet that night. And they fasted and prayed with, with Daniel that night. And I, and I prayed one time for someone with, who, was, who had a, a false accusations that were being brought against me and, and threatening legal action. And I prayed that God would stop that. And, and I prayed in faith and I prayed, you know, believing. And, and yet, and yet it's, still, it's still there. There's still this problem there that I'm, that I'm wrestling with in my life. And when you look at the words of Jesus, you know, he says in his words some things that build my faith, but yet because of what I just mentioned in this contrast, I'm confused, I'm perplexed sometimes. John 14, 13. Look what Jesus says. It says, Derek, you can ask for anything using my name, and I'll do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me. Like it says in Philippians 4, Derek, ask me for anything in my name, and I'm going to do it. But then why is it sometimes, God, that I ask you some things? I ask in your name. I ask in faith. I ask uh, in the power of agreement. And I believe you would do it. But you didn't. Or it didn't happen. Has that happened to any of you out there? Where prayer on one hand, he's answered prayers. And he has. He's answered many prayers in my life. And I want to make sure that you understand that. But I want to make sure you see this other side and be vulnerable about it. Power, powerful prayers answered. But yet perplexing many times because sometimes it didn't happen. And I used to think, did I do something wrong? Does, is he not hearing me right now? Is God, he's not listening to me. I remember when Elijah prayed, you know, you heard him right away. And then he, he said to the false prophets, is your God, you know, going to the bathroom? Sometimes I'm like, are you even in the room with me right now? Uh, are, 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 am I getting through to you? Do you care? I don't know. I've gone through all those imaginations and, 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 and thoughts and, and, and so I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray that God build your faith and help answer in some level, shape, or form some of these questions. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would do what I can't do. You would communicate what I cannot communicate. Well, you would help us see your nature and in addition to that, the very purpose of prayer. May that come through clear as a bell in Jesus' name. Amen. So that was the setup, but here, here's what I want to say. Now it's going, to get a little, it's going to get a little difficult initially because I want to try to build an understanding for you about the, the nature of God and the purpose of prayer, the nature and purpose of prayer. Much of what I think our society uh, is preoccupied with is self. Me, 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 me. You know, it's like, it's, it's like we see the whole universe maybe not consciously, but unconsciously, revolves around us, right? But yet when we look in Scripture and the narrative of Scripture, we must understand that you and I are not the main character. We're not. And you're not, and neither am I. And we're not the center of, of the wheel, so to speak. And we must embrace that, that God doesn't exist to serve us. Actually, and this is critical to the understanding of the purpose and meaning of prayer, that we exist to, to serve and glorify Him. Now, if that's true, that's relevant 
to the tough question, okay? And so we recognize this reality. It will help us understand why the purpose and meaning of prayer. And so we're going to look at some scripture to support this. Are you ready for some of the scripture here? Those of you online, say amen. Come on, put that in the chat. I'm with you, PD. Now, I want to lay some ground rules and definitions Real simple ones, just get us started in this series. First and foremost, the purpose of prayer, what it is not. The purpose of prayer is not to get God to do my will. You know, rubbing the genie on the lamp. I got three wishes, come on. You know, bring it, roll the dice a certain way, and then he's got to do something nice. No, it's not like that, okay? He is not a puppet on our strings to get us to do what we want. I often... You know, I think, I think I often misunderstand the context or the purpose of prayer, even when I'm reading the Bible. When I was a young person, uh, to be honest with you, I understood prayer was important. You're supposed to pray. But man, did I not get the purpose of prayer. In fact, I used, to, I used to know this one verse. I remember coming across it when I was a boy. Psalm 37, 4, you know, basically says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Woo! When I read that, I was like, come on. And this is a true story, and it's just pretty lame and embarrassing. But I would go to bed at night, my little twin bed, and I was addicted, hard to believe, some of you out there knowing the health nut I am, I was addicted to candy. I loved candy. And one of my favorite top three candy bars was a Baby Ruth. Come on, somebody. And Snickers, Reese's, Peanut M&M's, those are in the top four. Baby Ruth was top dog. Milky Way was coming in, the, coming in probably number five. All right, I got to stop. It's bringing, I'm starting to salivate, and it's like I haven't had a candy bar in probably 40 years. But I used to pray, God, oh, if, if you'll, in accordance with Psalm 37, 4, would you give me the desires of my, I, I believe, God, you can give me a Baby Ruth beside my bed Six foot long. Come on, somebody. I want it the length of my bed. I'm not kidding you. I used to pray that, and every morning I would wake up disappointed. Do you know what's funny? 30 years later, because I told that story before, 30 years later, a friend of mine, Ernie Hart, uh, he was an elder in this church for many years. He worked, his wife worked for me and my wife. And uh, one year after church, I think it was, or some event we had, he gave me a whole bag of baby roofs. Come on. So anyway, God answered my prayer just many, many, many years later. But uh, Psalm 24 says, may he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purposes. I thought, cool, he wants to give me what I want. So the purpose of prayer, listen, the purpose of prayer is not to get God to do your will. That's not true, though. The purpose of prayer is, write this down, to get to know him and be conformed to his will, not him to be conformed to yours. So we serve him, he doesn't serve us. Critical that you know the purpose of prayer. In other words, God isn't your spiritual Santa, you know, and, and if you're good, he's going to give you some presents, and if you say the right things, and if you do the right things, and if you read your Bible, and if you go to small group and you have perfect attendance and you're a tither at your local church, then God has to give you the desires of your heart. That's not what he's saying. And if you're bad, and if you cuss and you fuss... And if you yell at somebody in the parking lot on the way in and on the way out, which I have seen, um, then, then, you know, and even if you didn't say it out loud, God knows what you think, then you're not going to, no, that's not how it works either. Okay, we can't just like, how do I say it? God is not a button to push. He's a relationship to pursue, to pursue. So the purpose of prayer is to know him and in a nutshell, conform to him. So when we read the mess, these, these, these scriptures, ask anything in my name, or God will give you the desires of heart, often what we do is we don't understand the context, and we sometimes therefore formulize or 
or, or we summarize, God must be lying or the word can't be trusted. And this is important as you're going forward. When you're trying to understand God, specifically when we're trying to understand prayer and the purpose of prayer, you can't just pick a verse and build a doctrine, a theology, a belief system around that. You have to understand the context of what's being said. Who was, who was the author writing to? To whom he was writing to? What, in what season was it written? What was the bigger themes going on? Where else is this said in other places? And so here's kind of a principle for understanding the principles of prayer. We, we use the Bible. Listen, this is, this is profound. We use the Bible to interpret the Bible. We use the Bible to interpret the Bible. So we use scripture throughout the Bible to understand particular scriptures within the Bible. So if you have one verse that says something to you, like Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart, then you need to in turn go to, where are the other scriptures? What does Paul say about prayer? What does Jesus say about prayer? What do the Psalms say about prayer? What are some Old Testament prayers that I can look at? And when you see prayer in the context where you use the Bible to understand uh, particular scriptures within the Bible, it helps you address sometimes your tough questions. Are you getting what I'm talking about out there in the online, okay? And so context is critical. In Psalm 37.4, for example, that particular text, um, you know, the Bible was never meant to be interpreted in isolation by itself. A biblical term is called eisegesis. Pull a little verse out and then, you know, build a whole thing around. People have been doing that for centuries and they've been getting in trouble the whole time. It messes people up. So Ponder this, okay? Let's remember an important biblical truth, and that is, and this is an interpretive rule within Scripture, that God uses both uh, promises and principles. In His Word, He has promises and principles. Now, if I define those for you, and I'm going somewhere that will be even more practical as we go forward, but I'm laying a foundation of a biblical interpretation on the subject of prayer. Let's define promises and principles, and look how it applies to these verses. A promises. Promises are the things we know for sure to be true, okay? For example, there are some scriptures that are clearly a promise, and there are others that are principles for you. For example, in Hebrews 13, 5, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise, okay? But in uh, Psalm 37, 4, it's really more a principle, Delight yourself in the Lord and God will give you one of the desires of your heart. A principle are those things, those ideas which mostly happen in life. If you make God your first priority, then God makes your priorities His. If you make His agenda yours, He makes yours agenda His. Like Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and He will give, and He, you know, and, and make His... Seek first the kingdom of God and, all, and, all, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, right? So it's like this first and then he takes care of that second for you. That's an example of principle. And many of the Psalms and Proverbs, for example, they're principles for life. But sometimes we apply them as promises or particular prescriptions. And when they don't come to fruition in our life, it's because we've isolated that verse instead of seeing it in context. So Psalm 37 is really like a teaching psalm. Psalm 20 is more like a prayer psalm. And, and they're generalities. 
And so I got myself in trouble as a kid because I had this, this verse and I applied it in a specific way and it was creating problems for me and how I understood prayer and the purpose of prayer. So back to the original question. I'm just giving you that for your edification. Petey, but I prayed a bunch of times. I really think I did it in the faith. I think I didn't do some frivolous thing like pray for a baby Ruth beside my bed. These were real issues. I was praying for my marriage to be restored. I was praying uh, for my friend to get a job. I was praying for somebody who was dying to be healed. But why didn't it happen? And truthfully, as your pastor, for those of you who call me that, I don't know. Some of these things are simply above my pay grade, okay? But I have four submissions for you. I have four possible answers that could help you understand why sometimes when you pray, God doesn't answer your prayers in the context of what is the purpose of prayer. So why couldn't, why wouldn't, is the better answer, question, excuse me, God answer your prayers. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. Maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe there's a breach between you and somebody else. What does that have to do with it? What does my intimacy with God have to do with my relationships uh, with people? Well, according to Scripture, this might be why some of your prayers are not being answered. For example, Jesus was teaching his disciples actually a lesson of faith. He was telling them, you can say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And look what he says a little bit later in the story. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it says, Jesus speaking, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. Right? That looks like our original, uh, our original text in John 14. This sounds like that. Then he makes a key contrasting point here. He says that, but then he says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Wait a minute. I thought you were having a message or a lesson on faith. But Jesus is simply implying that you can't say to the mountain, that you can't ask for anything in my name if your relationships with others are jacked up. Now, this makes sense if you have a family. For those of you who have kids, you know what I'm talking about, right? When your kids come to you and they're like barking and screaming and just going nuts. And they're like, hey, you can't believe Johnny just did this to me and he did that. And he said, this, rah, rah, rah. they're going nuts, right? And then it seems like two minutes later, they'll come back and say, hey, can we have a sleepover? Can I have my friends over? Can I stay up late? Can I do this? And what do you say when there's strife in your home between the siblings when they come to you with the request? No, no, you can't. Now, I love you. You live in my house. I care about you. But, but the answer is no, because I'm not a, you're not doing what I asked you to do, which is get along with your brothers and sisters. We're a family, and that's how we roll. And similarly, sometimes in our prayer life, God is saying to you, I'm not, that's not the prayer request you should have right now. I'm not answering that until you go and get things right with your brother, with your sister, with your friend. So another example, uh, we've, we've referenced this in the previous series, Matthew 5. It says, if you're offering your gift at the altar and therefore remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, leave it there. Leave it in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled. So relationships with others clearly affects your relationship with God, your prayer life, your communication, your communion, your union with God. One more for the gentleman. This one kind of messes up things for us sometimes. I don't know if you realize this is in there, guys, in the Bible, so get ready. You're going to be responsible. 
1 Peter 3, 7 says, In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. That's a whole teaching. She may be weaker than you are, kind of physically, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Now, here's the key thing. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. So here's what it's saying. You can spend all the time in the world, guys, praying, talking to Jesus, worshiping, all that, but you and the missus ain't good. If you're treating her like a jerk, God's like, don't even bother. I can't hear you. That's what he's doing according to Scripture, okay? So why didn't God answer your prayer? Maybe it's a relational problem. Okay, second possible reason that your prayers might not be answered is you're asking with, write it down, wrong motives. Wrong motives. James 4, 3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because... You ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you have on, uh, and what you get on your pleasures. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever asked maybe God for perhaps the wrong things, for selfish reasons, for selfish purposes? Again, I gave you that foolish baby Ruth story. But I can remember even in college I would pray, you know, there's a pretty girl. She doesn't know Jesus, but I know I want to marry a Christian. I want to date a Christian. And I would just pray that she gets saved, not because I cared about her going to heaven, but just so I could. All right, you guys never did that. Whatever. Uh, but my goals, let's just say, they were off, all right? They were misinformed. And, and it's out of that is because broken humanity has that tendency, that natural proclivity towards self-interest, uh, self-absorption, uh, self-desires. And oftentimes we want something, um, and we don't get it because the Bible says we ask with uh, wrong we ask with wrong motives, and this is very true even of the religious even in 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 the New Testament Matthew chapter six talking and speaking about the Pharisees in verse five it says when you pray don't be like them don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them I tell you the truth they're gonna get. They're going to get what's coming to them. Gonna, that's all the reward they're going to get. So they're out there in the streets. They're, they got the long robes. They got the pious prayers. And, and they're saying all the right things. And why are they doing it? Because they want people to say, wow, wow, you are spiritual. That was powerful. I wish I could, I wish I could pray. I could think. I could articulate things like you. And they weren't trying to be intimate with God. They were trying to get the praise of people. And we do this too, though. In, it's not the same, perhaps, but like we're going to God and say, God, bless my business. Bless my business, Lord. I'm praying you prosper it. But we're not being generous. We haven't helped anybody. When we look back at the holidays, it was all about us and what we could get and what we could do. We don't tithe. We don't, we don't care about what's happening to God's bride, the local church, you know, his other, his, his better half is probably what he would say. And, and, and so think about it. God's not going to answer that because maybe there's wrong motives or maybe we have superficial prayers. And, and this, this happens a lot of times. God, make my, make my nails stronger, my hair longer, my muscles bigger, my income higher. Oh, for the glory of God, right? So this happens a lot of times and maybe that's why God is not answering our prayers. Number three, write this down. Another reason why God might not be answering your prayers, this is a big one, is because we lack faith. This one's a stinger for me. All right? It's, it's, it's our unbelief. It's our unbelief. And, and it's just pretty common. You know, there's a story in the Bible where dad had a son, and the son was, had issues. Uh, he, was, he was tormented by evil spirits. And these evil spirits, this is how it was then, these evil spirits would throw this boy into fires and 
throw him in the water and try to drown him. And so he went, he didn't know what to do, and, and he tried everything, and he went to the disciples of Jesus and said, please, can you help us? And they couldn't. And Jesus was concerned, and he was frustrated. And it says in Mark 9, 21, it says, how long, Jesus speaking to the Father, how long has he been this way? He's kind of like diagnosing them. And he replied, since he was very small. And the demon often makes him fall into the fire or into the water to kill him. Oh, have mercy on us and do something. I love the honesty of this man that's coming. He says, oh, have mercy on us and do something if you can. If you can. See, I, I love the Bible because it doesn't candy coat. It doesn't mask. It doesn't hide. A lot of times Christians, religious people, we pretend that we never have doubts. That we never have these moments of question. But the Bible shows us the realities. Jesus says, if I can. In other words, Jesus is like, have you been paying attention? Like, do you know, do you know what I've been doing? Like, I mean, got a pretty good track record here. I'm batting a thousand. Jesus says, um, anything is possible if you, if you have faith. Now more honesty comes. And the guy says, I do have faith. Sort of. A little bit. Maybe. Help me have more. I love this translation from uh, the Living Bible. Help me have more. I have this kind of sort of faith, but I need, I need more of it. And, and, and if I can speak to you as a pastor with transparency, I've seen God do some amazing things through others as they prayed and even through my own ministry and own hands and individual prayer and corporate prayer. I've seen God heal people of cancer. Um, I've seen people, marriages that everybody said would never make it. There's not a chance and God did a miracle in somebody's heart, which I think sometimes is the greatest miracle of all, is the miracle of the heart. Salvation is the greatest miracle of all. I've seen many, thousands of people now in my ministry give their lives to Jesus Christ. I, I've seen many, many supernatural signs. But by the same token, there's been sometimes these particulars. If I'm honest, there's a couple of situations where in almost 30 years of ministry, I've prayed for certain individuals. And I can think of two particular instances where I've prayed, and every time, God hasn't answered that prayer. And I almost get stunted to even do it. Like, there's times when people ask me to pray for it, and I want to hand, if I could hand it off to somebody else, I would. Because even though I believed He can, I was struggling with the faith to believe He would. Now, if that doesn't relate to you and you're discouraged by that statement, I'm sorry, I'm not meaning to offend you, but to be honest with you. But by the same token, what this scripture is telling me is, and I want to be really clear, your faith and my faith when I pray really matters. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So think about it. You're made righteous by faith in a God you can't see, in a debt that was paid 2,000 years ago for you and for me. And Jesus said many, many times in scriptures, you know, according to your faith, be it done unto you. He said to the woman uh, with the issue of blood, 12 years she has this part. 12 years she has this issue. And then she touches the hem of Jesus Christ. She didn't even touch Jesus. That's amazing. That's how much faith she had. She didn't even have to touch him personally. She just touched his clothes. And Jesus turned and says, woman, because of your faith. Two people who were blind, Jesus said, you want to be healed? And, and, then, and then and they said, yes, we do. And, we, and, and do you believe? And, and they were healed. And he, Jesus said, it's because of your faith. And, and the immoral woman who came at Jesus' feet and worshipped and poured perfume out on him, uh, uh, he says to her, because of your faith, it, you've been saved. 
Your faith matters to God. Sir, man, boy, girl, your faith, it matters to God. But at the same time, God is still God. God is still God, and he calls the shots. God is still God, he's sovereign. And so there's this distortion of faith, distortion of truth that comes in about faith, like in subjects like faith and, for example, like prosperity, where often there's this abuse that if I do this, then God has to do that. And, and we sort of formulize God. And, 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 and if, I, if I say these scriptures and if I do it this way, then you will be healed. And if I plant this seed, then I will receive uh, this particular blessing. And, 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 and the message comes through that if you have enough faith, God will do it. And if you don't have enough faith, uh, it's on you. And this is dangerous. And, and, and so the, the, the thing you need to think about this and the thing that's important is we don't put faith in faith. We put faith in God. And yet at the same time, we understand that faith matters to God. Can I have an amen? That's a good point. We don't put faith in faith. We put faith in God. But we still have to understand that faith matters to God. So you can't say to God, I've, just, I've, I've checked all the boxes. I have faith. I, 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 I have the right motives. I don't have these broken relationships. And then say, God, you have to answer my prayer. It doesn't work like that. So here's another answer, a possible answer to this question. Why doesn't God answer your prayers? Final point is this. Number four, write this down. Maybe God has something different than what you asked for. Maybe there's something different he has for you. All the signs say to you, this is how it should go down. I've looked at God many times and prayed and said, this is what I think you should do. I'm asking you to do this because I think this is the best. It's obvious. Hello, are you, why would, how could you not, and yet maybe God has something different. We see evidence of this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, which ties in to some of the principles I was sharing with you earlier. It says, this is the amplified version, John 5, 14 and 15. <clears throat> this, is, um, this, is the, this is the confidence which we as believers are entitled to and have before him, that if we ask anything, look, there's that, Big idea coming back that if we ask anything according to his will, that's key, right? You can't, you can't ask anything and get everything unless it's according to his will. There's this rule we spoke about when we talked about Psalm 37.4 and Psalm 24 earlier that is consistent with his plan, the Amplified says, and purpose. Oh, I love the Amplified translation. You should read this one once in a while. He hears us. So if you ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears us and listens to us in whatever we ask. We also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which we have asked of him. So when you ask according to his will, he answers that prayer. But sometimes he answers that prayer different than what you originally thought he was going to do. Now, I'm reading this book called Hope in the Dark by Craig Rochelle. And because a lot of people in our church and ministry and, and sphere of influence are suffering. And I wanted some new insights. It's been a fantastic book. But there's this one story where Craig talks about a best friend he had named John. And John was suffering from a ringing in his ear. It's called, I think, tinnitus. It's, it's serious. And on a scale of 1 to 10, it was a 9.5 on the pain scale. Just deafening, constant ringing in his ear. I don't know if you can imagine what that's like. It's probably like a living hell. And nothing could be done. He's tried everything. So finally, he found a doctor in Atlanta that he could go see. And this doctor was a specialist in tinnitus. And 
He was even better because he actually suffered from the same thing. He had certain insights because of his own experience and, and trial and pain. And he gave him a particular thing that he could wear that could assist. And I think it got him to the brain to focus on another sound to offset this sound. But he told him straight out, hey, this will only have minimal impact on what you are experiencing. My best advice for you will seem very counterintuitive. It's not going to be some kind of mechanism or some kind of uh, coping skill. The best thing I can encourage you to do is serve people. John went away like, are you kidding me? But he was a Christian. So he's like, I understand what that means. And so he took, he took this doctor's insight and, and advice to heart. He went back and he served like never before. He got super involved in his church, got super involved in all kinds of things. He actually adopted uh, kind of some children in a third world country. <clears throat> and when asked and interviewed, did things get better after that? He says, honestly, on a scale of 1 to 10, the pain is still the same. But I think about it less. It bothers me less. And then he said this in so many words. He said, and I've never been closer to God in my entire life than I am right now. And it's been the strangest blessing. Interesting. Maybe God will answer your prayer with something different. He felt blessed. He's never been doing better. And, he's, and how could you be doing better than when you're closer to God than ever before? Remember Paul in the scriptures where he talks about his thorn in the flesh? The thorn in the flesh, speculatively, some people believe was an eye problem. Maybe he had malaria, epilepsy. There's all kinds of things. Maybe it was migraines. Maybe it was a speech impediment. He says, I don't come to you with eloquence of speech. Some people believed it was a, a person. Do you have a thorn in the flesh known as a person? You probably do, and you're thinking of people right now. But Paul prayed three times that God would take this away. Three times, not like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but three times, like three seasons where he pleaded with God, begged with God, prayed with God, please take this away. God, God didn't answer that prayer. Paul, everybody, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, like went through the whole basin, you know, of, of uh, kind of the Mediterranean basin, starting churches, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of churches. This is the one who had a supernatural encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. This is the one that if you're drinking coffee right now and there's scripture on it, it's probably because of Paul and you should thank him. This same Paul begged, pleaded, prayed, and I'm sure he could say, I did it with the right motives to the best of my ability. I didn't have any wrong relationships. I did it in faith. And yet God didn't answer his prayer and take away that thorn in the flesh, but God revealed something to him. I think it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, right around verse 7. <clears throat> God basically revealed something to him, and that was, but his grace is sufficient. In other words, and his, he said, and his power is made perfect in weakness. How, how do I, what does that mean? It basically means God was saying, Paul, I'm enough. I'm more than enough. I'm sufficient for you. And in that sufficiency that you find in me, you will find power in your weakness to do and accomplish everything that I have called you to do and accomplish. What is it in your life that you've prayed for that God hasn't answered? And how do these principles apply to you? I hope this has blessed you in some way. Hey everybody, I hope that ministered to you in a personal way. In summary, when we pray, it's not to get God to do what we want, 
but to know God more intimately. That's the purpose of prayer. For those of you who want to know God more intimately, can I offer you something that's helped me? And I believe this will minister to you. See, when I pray, I believe with all my heart that God can answer my prayer. When I pray, I should believe with all of my heart that God will do what I pray. But I should also believe, even if He doesn't, and I, I believe this is for somebody out there. I believe this is something that you need to grab a hold of. I still believe. Come on, somebody. And so I want to encourage you in your prayer life to keep on praying, to keep pressing in, to pray and never give up. I don't want you to put your faith in what God does for you, but I want you to put your faith in who God is. Our faith is not in a what. Our faith is in a who. Now, for those of you who maybe don't have that intimate relationship with God, you've never established it in the first place. I want to introduce you not to what to pray first, but who it's all about. It's all about Jesus. Can I ask you, sir, ma'am, boy or girl, have you established, have you connected with God on a personal level. I'm not talking about going to church, reading some Christian books, listening to Christian music. I'm saying, do you know with certainty that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? You can, and I would be so glad to introduce you to him right now. And so if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes, bow your head right wherever you are. Maybe you need to put your hands out, almost as a sign of surrender, right there in your house, maybe right there in your car. If you're driving, please pull over. Put your hands up and just say this, say, Jesus, right now, right in this moment, I invite you to be the Savior of my life. I believe that you paid for my sins. I couldn't pay for them myself. There's nothing I could do to earn salvation. I accept what you did by grace through faith. In addition, come on, I make you my Lord. I make you my King. I submit my life and my plans, even my purpose to you, knowing that it's in the best hands when it's in your hands, in Jesus' name. Hey, listen, I believe something happens to you on the inside, whether you feel it or not. I hope some of you do, because I feel it. I feel like I just got saved again. But I believe something happens to you on the inside of you that makes you what the Bible says, a new creation in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I celebrate with you and all those team leaders online, they're celebrating with you right now. But more importantly, angels are celebrating with you because you just made that decision. Would you do me a favor? Would you text CC saved to 97,000? We want to help you on your spiritual journey. And so we want to send you some stuff. In addition, would you let people know in the chat? I just prayed that prayer. If you want what you did to stick, tell somebody. That was me and talk to somebody about it. And they can help guide you. And if you need and have any questions, they would love to pray with you and take it another level. Listen, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being online with us today. I hope to see you next week as we continue. Stop praying it's safe. God bless.